another day, another 50 cents. It's uh, McCowan, it's uh, Shannon on the uh, podcast uh, today. A couple of topics for the same guest. Uh, Brian Cooper um, has worn numerous hats over the course of his uh, career. Uh, and I think people who follow the radio show, John, um, know of Brian because uh, we had him on on a regular basis. Um, generally speaking, as our sports business guy. Yeah. Uh, but one of the other things that Brian has intensively been involved in, he was, he was formerly a vice president of the Toronto Raptors and has now taken the mantle of chairman of the board of Canada Basketball. And if you can't figure that out, Canada Basketball is the entity that conducts, governs international events, championships, puts together Team Canada for international events. Anyway, they have a big event coming up this week, well, this week, on this week in uh, Victoria, as uh, the men's side tries to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, We'll chat with Brian about that, and then we'll chat about um, some sports business things, and um, maybe most specifically some reaction at this point in time to how the pandemic has impacted the business of sports. That's all coming up. Shannon, McCowan, back after these. It's McCowan, it's uh, Shannon, and uh, with us, the chairman of the board of uh, Ooh, Canada Basketball. Title. That's a big title. Yeah, it just means you don't get paid anything and... Um, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. They mooch off you. That's Lots what of happens. But there's got to be perks, Brian. There's got to be perks. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got a lot of good t-shirts now, John. Thanks. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, so Brian joins us from, um, now where are you? You're in BC. You're in Victoria? I'm in Victoria. And we have the Olympic qualifying tournament. Um, is it unusual to have this tournament so close to the games themselves, historically? Well, correct. I, I was actually, it was supposed to come off uh, a year previous to this. Uh, you know, the, the, due to COVID, they had to cancel it. I mean, the, the good news is this is the first time we've hosted this. And so we're playing on Canadian soil. Unfortunately, we're not going to have the size of crowd we would like to cheer our team on. Uh, but the fact that it is on Canadian soil, I think there's a benefit to us. Well, what's the uh, attendance limit, um, as you understand it? Uh, 10% of the house. So it'll, it'll be about 800 people per game. Uh, so, um, I, I think it was an 8,000 seater, uh, venue. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, it's better than nothing, Bob. Uh, but it just won't quite be the same. Obviously. All right. Let's go through the whole thing. Um, how many teams are, are, uh, involved? Uh, there's six, six teams competing for one, uh, spot in the Olympics. And so, so it's first or it, yeah. And it, you know, it's China who, who has uh, always qualified uh, for the Olympics in basketball since 1984, Uruguay, um, Greece, who is missing uh, Giannis, thankfully, but his brother is playing. Uh, it's Czechoslovakia, Turkey. Czech Republic, uh, so Czech this, Republic Brian. Czech Republic, I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Uh, but it, 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 it is some tough competition here. Uh, and as you both know, uh, international basketball is completely different from NBA basketball. It's a, a tougher game, uh, and uh, it is a faster game as well. You don't have as many timeouts, and so uh, coach involvement is less, although we have one of the best coaches in the world, Nick Nurse. Uh, so we feel confident that we can get through this, and uh, we got a great team. And I've got to tell you, this is a seminal moment for Canada basketball, specifically for the men's team. Uh, we have eight of the or nine of the 12 uh, players uh, playing for us are NBA players, many of them starters. Um, this has never happened before. 
John, as you know, it's always happened in hockey where, you know, Sidney Crosby's three into three rounds of the NBA, of the NHL playoffs. He's nicked up. He gets knocked out and he gets on a plane uh, two days later to go play for, uh, for Canada in the world championships in Germany. Mm-hmm. That has not happened for us. Now it is happening. Uh, you know, and we would have even been better if Jamal Murray uh, has an ACL, torn ACL, was injured. Shea Galagius Alexander, another NBA star. Atlanta fasciitis and Tristan Thompson has a shoulder injury. All of them committed to us, uh, but unfortunately couldn't make it. What changed? What changed, Brian? You know what? I I think uh, I'd like to say leadership. Thanks, John. Uh, (laughs) But what 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 changed? I I think a lot of it is guys like Jamal Murray, R.J. Barrett, coaches. You know, like Nick Nurse, that said, you know, guys, we want to play for our country. And, you know, I, I think from this point on, we will have our best out there. Uh, but for years, and I think, you know, the stories, we, we always never got the top guys. There was always an, an excuse that of why they didn't play. Mm-hmm. Guys like Steve Nash, though, and Corey Joseph have always been there. Mm-hmm. But now to have, you know, the majority, three quarters of your team, NBA players, most of them starters, guys like Dwight Powell and, and Nick Pauly, Alexander Walker, uh, RJ Barrett, I mean, we got a good team. Well, um, who's you play China first? Yes, and that maybe that that may wind up being the toughest game you play. It, it may, it may. Uh, I, you know, I also want to point out, you know, just basketball in general, John. When we say what changed, based if you base it on NBA players and WNBA players, we're the second most powerful basketball country in the world. I mean, there's other than the United States, no one feeds that pipeline more than us. We have 172 NCAA men's players this year, another 68 women's players. Mm-hmm. This country, you know, the, the face of our country is changing in terms of racial makeup and, and uh, ethnicity and, and original uh, ancestry. And basketball reflects that. And I, I think you're going to see our participation numbers are higher than they've ever been. And, and I'm talking about men and women. We, we are a treasure trove of basketball talent right now. That's, it's interesting you say that because what's happened, and it's the same thing in hockey, is the Americans with what they do with their college systems. That's a good point. Yep. They, 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 have, they have looked north and said, man, oh, man, there's some athletes there. Yeah. Uh, and and between between finding these pockets of, of great talent and title nine title nine always helps yeah. canadians yeah. uh we get we get a chance for some of our best young student athletes to go and get an education and improve their basketball in, in the united states well and at the same time you sport and the canadian elite basketball league and mm-hmm. now there's an option right. for those players that don't make it to the nba or to the g league they can play on their home uh, 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 teams and uh, develop their talent with some of the best in the world. So it's it's a real positive change, and I, I think all of those things is is being reflected by what we're going to be seeing this week coming up. What do you what happens if you're not successful this weekend and you and you wind up being excluded from the Olympics? Well, first of all, our women are ranked number four in the world, and we are already in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a very good chance. I feel very confident we're going to medal uh, in the Olympics, so, although one of our key players has been injured. Uh, but I, I, I definitely believe uh, there is going to be basketball success. Uh, I think 
I, 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 if we do make it this week, Bob, I think the, the story of the Olympics this summer will be Canada and basketball. If we lose here on, on the men's side, I don't think we've lost. I think we've gained a lot just by these players, as I mentioned earlier, showing up and supporting their country. It's a turnaround moment. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think we're going to be losing that again. You know, I, I got to tell you, from the coach uh, down to the players, all they've been talking about this week is, you know, it's our time. And whether we win or not, it is our time on the world stage of basketball. You know, we got a lot of kids, you know, Nembard and a bunch of other kids right behind us. I, I don't know if you recall, I think three, two years ago, we won the U19s. Yeah. We beat the Americans in the U19s. We have a pipeline of players coming up. And if you look at the NCAA, I mean, whether these guys that are pros now come back, which I think they will, uh, and then mix them with the up-and-comers, you know, it's going to be for years to come that we have a great team. One of the interesting things is what, what Nick has brought to the program. Um, and, and, and the, the other thing is I, I, there, there's going to be a bunch of people that listen to this show that don't really understand Nick's international experience. And right. when, you, when you combine those two things, what, what has he brought to what, what you're trying to do at Basketball Canada? Well, first of all, it's his attitude. I mean, you're right. Nick cut his teeth uh in international bas basketball i mean he coached over in england and in europe uh, for i don't i think 15 years uh he is he knows the game really really well i think nick uh as a coach i mean everyone wants to play for this guy he was coach of the year last year uh he brings out the best in players that that look ordinary and all of a sudden under his tutelage you know they become extraordinary players because he plays them as a team and so i i think you know Having him, uh, and, I, and I should say Roan Barrett as well as our GM, they've done a good job in a constant communication with these players. Uh, you know, Nick's going around on his NBA schedule. Believe me, he is saying hi to each one of the Canadian players as they're in warm-ups, talking about we got camp coming up. So there is a communication. There's an ultimate respect for the coach. And all of these players want to get better. And if that means, you know, post-NBA play uh, on an international level, with uh, under the coaching of Nick and and you know other people that he brings along, I, I think it's a benefit to them. So I, I think you make a good point that Nick plays a very very big role in attracting the best uh, uh, players for us. Economically, what is what does this tournament mean for Basketball Canada? I mean, in it terms of sponsorship lot. dollars, well, it means a lot. You know, it's the profile. We we've never. I mean, actually, CBC is covering this. We just did the first uh, broadcast daily Canada basketballs ever had in signing up Sportsnet uh, as our partner. We are developing a tournament that it will start in, uh, in June 22, uh, where we'll be having a, a basketball festival every year, uh, an international one, and this will Bob in in uh, the analogy is this will be our World Juniors that every year we're going to be hosting an international competition of the highest level in Canada. We'll start the first three years in Toronto, but then it'll be moving across the country. So that profile uh, will help us tremendously. This profile here, uh, one, the brand of basketball is being seen, but more importantly, the, the organization itself. Uh, we, are, we have a lot of momentum right now, sponsorship dollars. We're speaking to some major brands right now that we're just close to signing uh, that uh, will take us, you know, for the next three or four years uh, as we develop that property and an event-based property, uh, as well as we develop our grassroots program. So it, it means a lot, Bob. Uh, as you know, 
we haven't had anything to sell but IP rights. Right. Uh, but when you have an event-based strategy uh, and when you're doing it on a home turf, when you have a broadcast partner that says, I'm going to profile your players, men and women, I'm going to profile the international competition. You used to have to go on the zone to watch international competition. Now it'll be on linear television. Um, we're going to take the break. We'll come back with Brian. We'll uh, discuss, we'll get away from basketball a little bit and discuss a little bit more about uh, sports business. And it's been a while since we've had a chance to chat. Um, what has the impact been of the uh, pandemic across uh, North America to uh, professional sports? It may seem obvious, but then again, it may not be. We'll discuss that when we return after these messages. So McCallan, it's uh, Shannon Brian Cooper who is the uh, chairman of the board of Canada basketball, but um, before we jump off, before we jump off, uh, Brian, you talked about uh, this uh, having a content play now. Boy, that sounds a lot like our friends at hockey Canada. Where would you, where would you have gotten that idea? Where would that have come from, man? Well, it it could have been the 10 years I sat on the board of directors. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I never, it's, it's research, uh, it's R&D, rip off and duplicate, John. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> as soon as you said, as soon as you said, we're going to have a tournament, we're going to own something, we're going to do this. I mean, I'm so, wow, Shazam. I've seen that before. What a genius. <laughs> uh, you're going to get an invoice from Nicholson. So that's all I do. <laughs> Thanks, John. You, you just outed me. <laughs> okay to move on now, John? You can do whatever you want, Bob. <laughs> well, apparently not. Well, it depends um, what day. Uh, we have seen... Um, well, we've seen chaos in sports. Um, decisions made... Um, almost on the spur of the moment, uh, a moving target, um, um, on and on and on and on. Um, we're now kind of emerging from all this from an economic perspective with fans being allowed into the buildings. And there have been, to the best of my knowledge, no fatalities in terms of franchises. Um, but it doesn't mean that there aren't significant wounds and injuries. And the higher level you go, the less the impact really is. But um, junior hockey has uh, suffered greatly. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, we haven't lost any franchises that I'm aware of. I mean, nobody has basically thrown up their arms I, that I know of and said, I can't do this anymore. But what's the short-term future here for, um, oh. uh, for life at the edge of the pandemic? Well, obviously, Bob, these are unprecedented times and, you know, we don't know what certainty, you know, what does it look like as we emerge uh, from this COVID situation to trying to get back to normal. But I could tell you this, if you look at past situations in the world, whether there were world wars uh, or pandemics of one sense or another, uh, sport and gathering has always been a unifier and a signal uh, of getting back to normal. I mean, baseball was one of the things that, you know, right after the world wars that, that brought the United States back is people going out to baseball games. And, and if you look at uh, what, even when we went through SARS uh, that, you know, people, it was, it was concerts and all of those things that were sort of bringing us back. People want to be united and they want to cheer together. 
you know, I just got a, a renewal for my one of my season seats, uh, one of the sports. And, you know, they, they went through a laundry list of would you, one, want to go back to your seat? Two, would you be, you know, okay to be sitting within six meters of another person? Three, would you want two seats? And are you okay to go to the concessions? I don't know if you've got the same thing. And so everyone is testing the waters as to the level of comfort. I think we're seeing, uh, you know, gatherings going on now, whether it's the Pride Parade or uh, any other gatherings in Toronto and around the country, where more, more and more people are being comfortable. They're being safe, but they're being more comfortable because they've either had one shot or they've had two. So, so I think sport will be the one that unifies us. So, so, so fans will come back. How long will it take for corporate dollars to come back? Well, you know what? Corporate dollars are looking for ways to, and part of the thing I was, I was speaking to an executive at the NHL the other day. Part of the thing that has happened is that it has advanced the digital opportunity for corporations to utilize the brands of the sport and teams that they're involved with. You know, before it was all, you know, the signage that they want to impress the 19,000 people in the building and the broadcast coverage. Well, the signage is still there for the broadcast coverage, but they're engaging the 19,000 people and 10 times that by doing more in, uh, engagement online. And they're becoming, they're coming up with unique and interesting and impactful ways to engage the consumer. So, you know, I, I think he, everyone has seen this, this pent up willingness to engage, whether it's at retail, you know, people saying retail are, are co is coming back stronger than ever and people are buying like crazy and they shifted to online. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, in my house, there's a truck coming every five minutes, it seems. <laughs> and, and so, and you know, Lori, uh, but it, it is, it, 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 and I think that the same thing is happening with uh, other, with the sport uh, consumers uh, that they are going to engage online. And so I think the corporate dollars are still there. They're not going away. Well, what'll be interesting, I mean, using the analogy that you've provided here with online shopping, is will people renew their season tickets in the same fashion that they did? Or have they become used to sitting at home and watching the games on television? Because that has been the only option for those 20 to 60,000 people that usually are going to the arena. Correct, Bob. But, you know, I think the difference between going to a game and watching a game are, are still going to be the same. Look, to be honest with you, I love watching like football. I love watching at home because I see the analysis. I, I you get the replays, you, you get insights that you don't during the game. When you're at a game, that visceral energy, that excitement of the high-fiving a guy you don't even know, you can't replace that on TV. And so I think once people feel safe that they can go back to do that, that is the ultimate. That's why 15,000 people stand outside of Scotiabank for a shared uh, Scotiabank Arena, for a shared experience of watching the screen together. Mm -hmm. And so I think people will go back. Well, I mean, you're, you're entitled to that viewpoint. I, I think um, I think it's a it's a party atmosphere and, and outside yeah. the arena. And I think it's totally different than the in, uh, atmosphere inside the arena. Yeah, one is free and one isn't. Well, yeah, I know. But at the end of the game, when they're all in, in, in a win and they're all joining together outside, they feel like they've all been there for that moment. Mm -hmm. And everyone wants to say, where were you? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how many people say they were at this special moment when it, the, the arena only holds 20,000 and 50,000 people are saying they were there. Well, but if you really, you know, we could we could break this down even further. Um, 
if you really want to watch a sporting event because you're interested in the event itself, then you're going to watch it by yourself in your family room or wherever your television is, because that's where you, that is where you can pay attention. Um, you know, as many people as go to um, Jurassic Park or wherever, all these outdoor things, that's completely social. It has nothing really to do with the game itself. Um, it's no different than going to a bar because I'm sure we've all watched sporting events in a bar and it's the worst place to watch an event. It, you go there to drink beer, be yep. social and say, oh yeah, I watched the game. I was at Joe's bar down the, down the street. Well, you didn't hear a damn thing because the sound wasn't up and you didn't see half of it because you were busy yakking with somebody or drinking beer, eating peanuts. What? You're dead on. You're dead. It, it, you know what? It's, it's why people take selfies at events that they're there to tell other people that, you know, I was there, I was part of it. We are social animals. And you're, again, you're high-fiving with a guy you never saw before because you, there's a shared celebration. You and I, I think we're old. <laughs> I'd rather get into the game watching it. Like I go to enough sporting events and I love live sporting events. Uh, but at the same time, when I want to really see a game, I'm watching in front of my TV. Well. And I, I don't have an issue with watching games. And you and I have gone to basketball games yeah. together. Yeah. And I'm not high-fiving the guy next to me. I'm not, you know, I'm, am I going to be happy if the t- home team does something? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, but you're not a fan, but, Bob. Bob, you're not a fan. You're, you're not the regular no, I'm guy. Not. Yeah, that we, I mean, that's the one thing with, between the three of us. Well, we, we have, we have, it's different when you earn your living and create a career around professional sports or sports in, in general, as opposed to the point. guy who, you know, works at the local Loblaws store and then saves money up to go to the Leaf game or the Raptor game. That's a, that's a different experience for him than it is for the three of us. Yeah, but he ain't yeah. sitting in Brian Cooper's seats. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, that's if Brian renewed. If if Brian hasn't if said he's whether, at, Brian hasn't yeah. said whether he's renewed or not yet. He may not renew. <laughs> You th- do you think ticket yeah, prices I'm definitely renewing. You think ticket prices go up, Brian? Uh, I'm definitely renewing. And Bob, you didn't have to take that shot. But anyway, you, do you think ticket prices? Well, are the going shot up? wasn't at you. It was that I, I just happened to know that the income level of the guy who's working at Loblaws is not going to be enough for him to buy the tickets that you sit in. <laughs> Correct. Thank you very much. And, Bob. and in response to Shannon's query, I think it was about um, tickets going up. It's already happening. MLSE is already raising tickets, and I don't know, is it across the board? That I don't know. It, uh, what what tickets have you, what season tickets have you received your renewal for? Uh, was it basketball? Yeah, basketball. And did the price go up? Uh, I didn't, I, I don't recall. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice I'm, must have been nice I'm to be you and not worry oh, about those real little come things. Come on, like, Bobby. You know, the please, price went up. Please, please. okay. Price went you up. wouldn't know care. either because you've never paid for a ticket in your whole life. But anyway. Damn right. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. Well, I have paid for the odd one. Uh, that's not uh, true. Well. How, how long do you think it's going to take for... I mean, I've had people at networks and people in, in, uh, at sports teams say it's going to take us three years. Do you think it's going to be to, to get back to no. the same level? You think it's going to be quicker than that? No, I, I definitely think it's going to. I mean, look, look at the, the Islander games. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about going down to the Tampa game if uh, it ends up uh, in the finals in terms of games seven and six. Uh, the, 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 there will be full houses 
I think, by mid next season. I think. Look, I'm and and I'm you know not a doctor or a disease specialist, but I think people uh, feel safe enough in many cases. Certainly in the United States, yeah. there will be full houses. Oh, and we all long for the return to normalcy, and yet this experience that we are. I was going to say we've gone through, but we're not done going through it. Nope. Um, is going to have lasting legacies. We are not this going to be the same people coming out of this that we were going into this. Um, our, our patterns of, of purchase, um, as you documented with, you know, your lovely wife, um, you know, packages coming to the door every day. The notion of going out and shopping well, that might, you might still do that on occasion because it's a social event, but now you realize you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Now you, you trust what, what we've all come to understand, we, what we had to do. If you wanted something, this is how you got it. Um, how is this going to impact sports? It, the world it has changed as a result of this. Do, do you know how it will impact what way we, the way we watch, what we watch, how we watch it? I, I think it'll impact sport the least. And, and I could be totally wrong on this. But again, I go back to the point. Uh, the, the reason people gather is their passion for this labeling that they get from their hometown. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of other ways to go through your life. And I think, Bob, you know, this actually is a precursor. Our, our changed patterns of living and restrictions is a mm-hmm. precursor to what climate change is going to do to us. Down This is a good practice run. But because I think, you know, down the road, you know, we're going to have more restrictions. But when it comes to sport, that gathering and support and passion and the ability to paint your face and scream your head off and to enjoy with uh, uh, someone that shares the same thing, whether you know them or not, I think sport does that. It's a unifier. And I think it will be the least affected. Uh-huh. So you, you talked about we, you, you think that uh, we're going to have full buildings by mid-season. I, I assume you're talking in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. The disparity between Canada and the United States, how much of a factor will that be for people? And it, it, it's almost, we, we always get accused of having uh, an unfair disadvantage because of the border, but this seems to be another one. Well, but you know what, the, the well, the ability of uh, visiting teams, and we, we start with the NHL, all of a sudden, you know, Teams are allowed to come in and play for the playoffs. But uh, I, I think when people in Canada see, watch, they're watching their home team playing down in New York and it's a full house, they're going to say, you know, damn, I'm going out to the game. Hmm. You know, next time we, I'm going out to the game. I think they're going to see them as a lead in to let's get back to normal. If they're doing it, we're going to do it. That's what uh, I think. I know you, with Brian Cooper, we, uh, you don't deal with your core business, the core business that you've had all your life on a daily basis mm-hmm. anymore, but you're still attached to- um, I'm chairman of the company, yes. PG. So You're chairman of everything. So, well, so let me ask you, um, and I will take, I'm not gonna name any of your clients, although mm-hmm. they would all be familiar, but they, these are major corporations who spend a lot of dollars in terms of marketing and promotion, especially in the sports arena. So, Part of the package for one of your clients would be in arena advertising, rink board advertising, um, you know, a whole variety of things 
that have not been impactful for the past mm-hmm. eight or 18 months. Mm-hmm. What happens to those dollars that were committed? Um, well, it's a combination, Bob. There's, there's uh, one contracts can, it depends which client. And we, we went through this with all of them. Contracts can be extended. Okay, we're going to roll over for another year. You don't have to right. pay for it, but we're rolling in a year. There could be make goods. Here's more inventory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, digital inventory that we're going to give to you. And there could be a combination of here's more digital inventory. There's a rollover. And here is X million dollars back. Hmm. That didn't happen much, though. It, it happened, John. It did, huh? It didn't happen much. It didn't right. happen much, but it, it happened. Wow. And it will continue to happen when it depends on the size of the basket, right? And like how much are you paying sure. for? How many teams are you being impacted by? How many broadcasts were not done? Sure. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of broadcasts that just didn't happen. So you had a short, a truncated season. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting, you know, half of what I was going to get. And so I, I, you know, in terms of the broadcast coverage, the Bob's point of the signage and the audience. And so it had to be one of those three or a combination of any of them. So, yeah. So signage in arena signage, advertising on television, all those things, you know, are tangible assets that have value every time something happens. What about the naming rights? You, you execute. You're exactly right. For Scotiabank. Right. Right. And And if you, how is that? How? What the hell? What do you do with that? That that's well. There was that forty million a year or something. It was it was forty million a year. There was a valuation uh, made be- when when we went into that negotiation to do the deal. So when you talk about a venue that uh, averages two hundred eighty five events a year, and in most cases, and I'm I'm not just talking sport, Bob. I'm talking about concerts. Sure, uh, and, everything and that was canceled. Things. Well, and, you know, if you look at the opening shot of Hockey Night in Canada or any of those broadcasts live from Scotiabank Arena and, you know, they have the outside venue and the branding, all those things had a value. And so what we did was we took those valuations uh, and it was from when we negotiated. So it had already been all agreed upon. And then we sat down and negotiated again of how is this going to be made up? And in some cases, it couldn't be made up. So that could be the extension. In some cases, it could be his more digital inventory. In some cases, here's the funds. And, and in, in most cases, it was his not the, I'm going to write a check to you, but the next check, hold back because you don't know it's because right. it was one of those. Let me interrupt you there because I, I want to clarify this point. So you're saying that when you negotiated the deal with MLSE on behalf of Scotiabank, each one of these criteria had a value mm-hmm. placed upon it? Yeah. First of all, I'm not. I'm, I'm not specifically. First of all, I'm not specifically talking about Scotia Bank. I'm talking about a bunch of our clients, Scotia Bank included. And yes, and I'll give you an example. Like if if you're a beverage company and you had 285 events and you paid X number of dollars, knowing that you were going to make X number of dollars on uh, your pop or be- uh, alcoholic beverage being poured and sold in that venue, right. there's a dollar figure there. You know what you were getting back, so it's easy right. to ascertain of what you lost. And so, you know, look, it, it wasn't, you know, it didn't happen like that, but uh, it, it was pretty easy to do. So the, the so other they, thing, they, they, a lot of the makeup, a few of the, the makeup, the make goods, uh, as they're called in the business, uh, were done uh, in hockey, particularly with um, names on divisions in standings. Uh, there was a, that was a one, there was a little one, but 
but logos on helmets and logos on potentially logos very on good sweaters. Point, so they're, they're, but 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 we were always we were always led to believe this was a one-off. We're going to get through this and then we're going to revisit it. But I I think I think the cat's out of the bag, don't you, Brian? I think it's never coming back. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. John, they use the, you're, you're right. They created new inventory as a result of this pandemic. Right. And to, in order to make good for the value that was lost on some of these contracts. And in this case, you're talking league contracts and, and combination and team. of team contracts. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But now all of a sudden they're saying, well, wait a second, this has got real value. We weren't going to make that step until down the road, but now that it's out, let's do it. Uh, and, and, you know, either keep it with that sponsor that we did the make good or let's use that as a flagship inventory property to get a new sponsor for, from from cryptocurrency, a new cat, a new category from sports betting, right. a new category. That both of those are going to be very big players in future income for the teams and the leagues. Um, I wouldn't ask you to be specific um, because I know you wouldn't be. <laughs> um, it makes no sense. Do you have do any of your clients um, engage in significant conflict? in terms of uh, restructuring their agreements with franchises? I don't understand the question. Well, Sorry. okay, so if if a if you, you represented a soda company, I'm trying to think of mm -hmm. some category that you don't actually do, and I don't know if you do mm -hmm. soda. Mm -hmm. um, if your soda company was a, spent $10 million a year in sponsorship of Team XYZ, and now the pandemic comes and now you're trying to, you know, restructure a deal. Um, were there deals that are still up in the air because the two sides couldn't agree? And what's the process of that agreement? Or was everything, you know, amicable? It was, you know what, I think because of the pandemic was affecting everybody in different ways, businesses and you know, look, MLSNE and, you know, uh, Winnipeg, you know, they, they didn't have a, a penny of revenue. They didn't sell a t-shirt. They didn't sell a, you know, a pop or whatever. So I think everyone came in with an open mind. Okay, let's get through this together because everyone's business has been impacted negatively. So I don't think it was one of those, you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to rip each other's throat out. It was, okay, let's find a way to do this reasonably uh, so that at the end, we both come out of this. Uh, and hopefully get back to normal. Do you so, know of any conflict that existed anywhere that resulted in, or is still resulting in legal action? No. Not one, huh? Not one. Anywhere Not in one. North America that you've heard of? Oh, oh, I haven't heard of it. I mean, there may be one, Bobby, but uh, I, I haven't heard of it. Again, I think the, 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 the attitude was, you know, we're, you know, people are dying here. And, oh, yeah, uh, we get it. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, we'll keep our fingers crossed. The next few days will be critical for uh, Team Canada in terms of basketball out in uh, Victoria. Um, six teams. Uh, Canada has to finish first. Yeah. Uh, anything less than that, and it's uh, back to the drawing board, essentially, uh, or wait till next year, more accurately. Uh, but it certainly would be nice if the men's team was, were able to make it to uh, the Olympic Games and join the ladies who have already uh, so qualified. We'll keep our fingers crossed for uh, you and for the team. All the best to them, and thanks a lot. Nice to see you too, Brian. Great to see you guys. Thanks a lot. Brian Cooper, we'll come back with more after these messages. So our thanks to Brian Cooper for joining us. It's McCowan, it's Shannon. I wonder, I wonder what the reaction will be if Canada 
I, I, we know what the reaction will be if Canada makes it to the Olympics. That'll be very positive. Do you think they'll be negative if they don't? It's interesting. I, um, you, you wonder with the timing, how, how many people are aware of what's going on in Victoria with the, with the qualifying tournament, although it seems to be growing, as Brian talked about. There's, there is an acknowledgement that basketball is a growing sport in our country uh, and that the NBA players that are contributing to this um, have really helped. So I, I think that, you know, the, the, unfortunately, with the history of basketball Canada and, and the Olympic team is if they lose, well, it's the same old, same old. Say, you know, we, we can't beat Greece. We can't beat China. Why can't we be better? Um, but I, I do, you do get a sense, I think, that the foundation um, that is being created in our country over the last four or five years, since Steve Nash and Rowan Barrett took over, really, in many ways, uh, has grown. And there are more players and more opportunities and more desire to play for Canada. So I, I guess in the short term, if they lose, I, I hope we don't uh, roll our eyes and say it's the same old, same old, but I think we have a lot to look forward to, not just in Beijing if they get there, but, you know, in, in the next Olympics in Paris or, or even beyond that. Well, I have no desire to stick a pin in the balloon, but I can, I, I'm going to take you back. In 2012, the conversations that we were having were, in 16, we'll be good. In yeah. 20, we'll be great. Yeah. And guess what? We weren't good in 16. No. Now, were we not good because we didn't have the talent? What we what happened was the talent wouldn't play. Same um, issue we've had for 30 years, Bob. That's it. But we were told this is a new group. They're going to play. They're going to commit. You know, we had 15-year-olds playing in international competitions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they appeared ready to commit. But then when push came to shove something always came up contract thing this that injured so now you've got more nba players than you ever have playing for canada but it's literally a lose one game and you're done kind of scenario i mean it's not exactly that way but um by the weekend it really might be. Wanna, by the weekend it might be one team out of six that, out of this tournament that's going to make it yeah it's and it's, it's not going to be easy that's for sure well no. And, and yes, you have a bunch of more talented players, but they haven't played together mm -hmm. um, or sparingly played together. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what, what the response is either way. I, I know basketball fans in this country will be happy if they make it to Tokyo, but will they be, how big a disappointment will it be if again, Canada fails? Yeah. Well, at least, I don't, I don't let, know the answer. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the right answer. Uh, but let's at least enjoy the women in Tokyo because the uh, the women are a really good team, uh, and uh, and should be in in place uh, to be on the podium. Uh, we hope so. We have our fingers crossed. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow if the crick don't rise. For John Shannon, Bob McCowan. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.